Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies who like to cook, smoke, learn, and enjoy a meal with friends. We invite you to join us every 10 days or so here at the High Gluttony Homestead and listen to us make a mess and have a lot of fun. (laughs) So step inside, gluttonyers. Welcome to the homestead, gluttonyers. Settle in, grab your drink and your weed. Step inside the homestead. Is that what you just said? It's the same. We're, (laughs) yeah. We're both, it's welcome. Hello, welcome, Welcome. gluttonyers. Welcome. Join us. (laughs) We are obviously drinking. We're smoking. We're making something super fun today because what day is this releasing, Gretchen? 420. Woohoo! The unofficial official stoner holiday. (laughs) So we're getting ready to make that. We're going to have our little cocktail hour first and smoke a little and drink a little and chat a little to relax before we, before we head into the kitchen. So what are you drinking over there, Gretchen? I have a beer for once. (laughs) This is rare for both of us. I have a Yingling Hershey's Porter that was given to me by my workplace. One of my coworkers lives in West Virginia where the Yingling Brewery is. Apparently you can only get this at the brewery. So he sent us a six pack and we all got one. So it's been (laughs) sitting in my fridge for a couple months. I figured it was probably time to enjoy it. (laughs) I think that sounds delicious. You said it's chocolatey. That makes sense. It's got Hershey's in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what are, what are you enjoying today? I have a new Belgium Starship IPA and I was showing you the can a little bit ago. It's a skeleton in a, uh, uh, oh my God, a trooper, a uh, stormtrooper costume, costume, <laughs> uniform. <laughs> it's costume, uniform. Yeah. Costume, uniform. I love it. It's good. I haven't had an IP in a while, but I thought if I was going to have beer. I was going to go all in. I'm going to check how alcoholic mine is. I'm already starting to feel the booze. <laughs> Hang on. You're not going to tell me? I feel like you have to tell me. Maybe they don't have to put it on there because it's from the oh, brewery. From the place. Well, mine's 7.7, which is like not that far from some wines I drink. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. All right. Let's get drunk. So we are making salt and vinegar potato chips to go with our beer. But potato chips and beer, crisps and beer, if you will, have been on Gretchen's mind in particular. Since I recently returned from a trip to England to see my brother Ben... And we went to a brewery and, or really any pub crisps are available and salt and vinegar crisps in particular are amazing. And it is my niece's favorite crisp. So we are also making this in honor of Miss Amelia and it gives us an, ex- an excuse to play with a new ingredient, vinegar powder. So we've got that going today. Mm. Yeah, this is a an exciting day. We're bringing together Gretchen's trip and our shared love of vinegar and a new product. Before that, well, while we're still floating on that excitement, what are you smoking today? I'm smoking Royal Ringo. It is a pre-roll joint from High Rise. I think I've already enjoyed this at least once on the podcast and then also used it as a 
foil when I got too high from a different pot. It does work <laughs> well for that. That higher, it's a high CBD, lower THC. So it's a really good one for me. Yeah, just love, love these little guys. What are you having? I'm also having a Jack Herrera pen. I've been loving the Jack Herrera and I want to learn more about this strain. So maybe you and I can talk about that soon because I want to investigate this one a little bit more. It is very famous. The most I know about it is that in that that show on Netflix, I think it was called Disjointed. Oh, I didn't watch it, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was really good. I enjoyed it. I'm sad they weren't going to make any more, but they... They go to Jack Herrera's funeral, I think. The, the, so it's named after uh, this guy who like, developed so, it. Yeah. So it's a person. Okay. Now I know that too. <laughs> yeah, all that, well, yeah. Okay. So it's thank famous. you, Jack. Yeah. R.I.P. But yeah, so we'll have to do a, a deeper dive on the, the, the inter- intricacies of how it was came to be. But we're not here. We're not doing that today because we did a lot of research on salt and things. Yeah, I'm excited. So we're going to hang out during our cocktail hour and Gretchen's going to talk to us about salt. I get to just relax. Our gluttoneers get to just relax and settle in and sip our beers while Gretchen tells us all about this. And also, I'm curious because, I mean, as everyone knows, I lived in Salt Lake for a flash of life and that is near the Morton Salt Factory and the Great Salt Lake. So I'm excited. Kind of interesting because as far as I know, they don't, well, I guess they must produce salt there, but I would think that they'd make a bigger deal about that, about producing salt there. <laughs> I'm not sure. Really. If I don't know if it, I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't look into it, but I drove, we had to drive to Wendover, Nevada to pick up our cannabis and every drive we would pass the Morton sign on one of the buildings right by the lake. So anyway, I'm excited. You're in Napa. I lived in San Francisco for a long time. There's a lot of salt near that coast. I'm curious (laughs) about what types of salt are like I okay I'm just excited I'm gonna stop talking so that you can talk so worldwide salt is produced in equal amounts from mining and dehydrated salt water sea salt so those are your two main methods of obtaining salt and most of the salt deposits are actually leftover salt from when wherever that is used to be either had seawater that came into it and then was cut off from the wider ocean, evaporated and left a salt deposit or comes straight from the sea because that's where all the other salt is. <laughs> so it doesn't occur without the ocean, regardless pretty, of how you get much. it now. It yeah. can't have been there in the first place without ocean water. This is what I came to understand right. <laughs> from my reading last night. All right, let's, let's right. Pre- preface that because it's- Now you're a geology expert, but- yeah. <laughs> No. Okay. That makes sense to me. That's, I was like, can it, can it occur on its own? It doesn't just exist without having been like in the water first. In water. water. Yeah. Okay. So even like rock salt that is mine, they typically dissolve it out of wherever it's from. So it's part of like, they put water on it to get the salt out. There's water all over this process. But because what you do is like you dissolve the salt because otherwise you get like Himalayan rock salt not the easiest thing to just deal with on a daily basis. If you're getting a chunk of salt, you know, <laughs> like this. yeah, hard to work with. They typically dissolve it so that they can control the size of the crystals. And so the, the dehydration process determines how the size and shape of the crystals, for example, table salt 
is more de- is very dense, so very like tightly packed crystals. Then you've got kosher salt, which isn't packed nearly as hard to make it easier for dissolving. It's got a lot to do with how it, they use it for curing and things like that. And then you've got your flake sea salt because that's letting the shape kind of do its own thing and take its own shape. Anything that you find that's like a smaller piece usually and more uniform that's a dried salt it's not going to be like it don't just find it in nature like that you kind of you have to dissolve it (laughs) then it's not like chipped off of a stone it's like watered down maybe ground to a certain extent in some way or kind of like watered enough to get the size you need something to do with crystal crystal formation (laughs) okay okay but the smaller it is, probably the more controlled that process was. Great. Yes. That okay. is exactly how it, that should be put. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I was intrigued, though, because I found out that 95% of the US salt in the U.S. is mine. So that's why the sea salt for me like was sort of a newish thing when I went to culinary school. Like I've always been immersed in just, you know, salt is salt, you know, not having that much of a difference. But mm-hmm. that explains why. Like there's there wasn't diversity much diversity of salt I would think I was younger <laughs> like yeah 95 percent mind yeah yeah now I know the next question you were you'd probably ask me is Gretchen how would we make this ourselves <laughs> naturally of course I want to know how to make salt so your your biggest obstacle in making your own salt or obtaining your own salt is the fact that other minerals tend to come with it and so for mined salt, what they'll do is during that, when they dissolve it in water, they add sodium hydroxide and carbon dioxide, which react with the magnesium and calcium, which are the more bitter elements to cause them to come together and then settle out of the water so that any, the, the, so that the sodium chloride is more, more pure. Does that make sense? I think so. Magnesium and calcium are the bitter parts of the naturally found salt. And the mining process includes this second step of like filtering that out. Right. With chemicals. Yeah. With chemicals. And those chemicals are sodium hydroxide and then carbon dioxide. Correct. That push out the magnesium and calcium. Correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. But is that not, do those not occur in the sea salt? So they do. So with with most solar dried salts, what they're relying on is the fact that the calcium and magnesium will actually settle out of the, that there's a natural process. It just takes longer. Wearing it out does the same thing because of carbon dioxide in the air and Right. If you've ever like put hard water into a container and let it sit for a while, you can see like the calcium that settles out of it. There's like a layer. Yeah. Yeah. There's hard water here. So I know exactly what you're saying. I hate that. Now I know what it is. I was just irritated by it before, but now I can name it my irritation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's calcium and probably other minerals. But so those will eventually settle out on their own. That's why air drying sea salt works and makes a fairly pure product. It just takes a lot longer because you're dealing with just like that time. And so you have to wait a certain amount of time after you like draw your salt water in to dry before you really start like being able to remove the the crystals of the salt off the top. So Mm. it takes a while. Okay. So if it's end times and we don't have access to chemicals, it's possible. (laughs) 
We can make our own sauce. Okay, if we can find a source. Yeah. yeah. Fuel, fuel. The High Gluttony Homestead will have its own ocean. Its own so ocean. That, so that we can get salt all the time. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> I have a question about this and we didn't talk about this in advance. So feel free to say, I don't know, but what role does like iodized salt play in all of this? Because that's not a naturally occurring thing. But my understanding is that we don't get iodine anywhere else. So it's added to salt, like a fluoride kind of situation. Well, okay. So this is going to go off a little bit. Try not not to go too far off the trail here, but uh, definite side quests. So they start it because iodine does naturally occur in foods, mostly things like fish, seaweed. It comes from like ocean sources, but it's not a a lot. And so when they decided that we weren't getting enough of it in our diet, that's when they started adding the iodine to salt, to table salt. So you don't want to use table salt as like a seasoning when you're cooking typically for that reason is because it can react with things in your food and kind of produce off flavors. That's why they kind of save it as a finishing salt because then you're not running the risk of heating it and destroying any of that or causing any unintended reactions in your food. Okay. So it was mostly just, it's sort of like a food, it's a supplement essentially. It was just mm-hmm. the easiest way to get iodine into the to the American diet without us noticing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to list out some cooking scenarios. Tell me what the best salt is to use. Okay. Oh, this will be fun. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm making pasta. I'm boiling my water. I need to salt my water. Kosher salt. Kosher salt. I'm making pizza dough. Uh, Probably probably gonna lean more towards a kosher, but you can do kosher or sea salt. Okay. I'm topping my specialty dessert. Flaky sea salt. Okay. I'm putting it in my salad dressing. Kosher or a non-flaky sea salt. I am making cannabis chocolate chip cookies putting into the dough, you're going to want to put that kosher in there. But if you're topping, then again, flaky sea salt. So when would you use table salt? At the table. (laughs) Ta-da. Full full stop. (laughs) No more questions. (laughs) Because not only do they add iodine to that, but any table salt also has anti-caking agents in them. And those don't actually dissolve. So if you were like trying to make something clear and you added table salt to it, you're going to automatically get some sort of cloudiness to it because you've got these, uh, these, these anti-caking agents that don't dissolve in water. So (laughs) it's, it's just got added, it's got additives. Like, yeah, it's just not totally natural. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Totally pure, totally natural. Yeah. Sure. But the additives are for a benefit. Yeah, for the most part. The anti-caking is just convenience (laughs) more than anything else. It keeps the salt free flowing. That was fun. Yeah. Now, I don't know if everybody on this knows that one of my favorite things of all time is Himalayan pink salt because it's got more nutrients in it, but it actually has a lower sodium content than other salt. So you end up having to use more. Hmm. 
to get that same level of saltiness, which is why kosher salt, which is like one of the most pure salty salts, like it's the saltiest salt. So that's why it's usually recommended for cooking and, and everything like that. Cause you're going to get the most bang for your buck. Are you laughing at my saltiest salt? <laughs> I think it's like the best sentence or phrase I've ever heard. It's the saltiest salt. The sassiest of the salts. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. So kosher salt's a must in the kitchen. Yep. Himalayan pink salt is a plus. Table salt has its uses. <laughs> At the table. Don't bring <laughs> the, the table shit in my kitchen. Keep it on the table. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we're using a lot of salt today. We're using vinegar powder and we're making our chips two ways. Yeah. We're doing an oven version and a fried version just for fun. Just for fun. Should I read out the ingredients we'll be using today before we move into the kitchen? Yeah, probably. Okay. Then we can tell everybody what we've already done. Yeah. Good point. And first though, we're using two sources. One is tasteofhome.com, and this is homemade potato chip. And the other one is thespruceeats.com, baked potato chips. Gretchen found both of those. She's leading us through this because, of course, Gretchen's done this before. So we are using russet potatoes. We're both using four potatoes, two for baking, two for frying. We'll need oil for the frying. I'm using canola. Gretchen's using peanut. Yep. Did you always use peanut or is that inspired off it from the French fries that we did? French fries. French I, fries. Well, yeah. I When I first started doing those French fries, that's when I started using the peanut. But obviously that is not friendly for all of the people that are allergic to ground nuts. So mm-hmm. there are and, options. Yeah. And you even noted that the Spruce Eats, the Spruce Eats uses olive oil. And your note here is seems stupid because it's a low <laughs> heat oil. Yeah, I was annoyed. I was annoyed by the use of olive oil in that application. It's wrong. It's wrong. I'm telling you it's wrong. Okay. And then we're also using salt, the topic of the hour, and pepper, and once more that vinegar powder. Yes. What special equipment do we need? And then what have we already done? So uh, mandolin was a very important tool for today because you want those chips to be nice and thin and consistent in size. This helps with your cooking because if you've got different sizes on things, your cooking times are going to be all over the place. So you'll have some burn chips and some not burn chips and some raw chips and <laughs> won't be a pleasant, consistent experience. Uh, and then we uh, both are using a Dutch oven to fry in. We, we like that because it's a thicker pot, more consistent heat, makes it a lot easier to do. And we're also using our oven and sheet pan because we need to drain our chips once they come out of the fryer and the oven. They both have draining or cooling time and and an oven, I guess. I can throw that in <laughs> at the end of the equipment list. Well, and you have to talk to us about your new oven because yeah. I'm excited to learn about how you think, like how the oven part's going. Well, aside from my annoyance at the light being on the stove as a knob, <laughs> I love it because number one, it came with three count them three racks there are three racks in this oven it has what yeah three three racks I was like yay hallelujah yeah finally it has a in oven probe thermometer 
that's connected through the oven with the Wi-Fi. So not only that, as I have a whole app on my phone to be able to control the whole oven. Are I we can... going to time things now then? No, no, I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. Not... <laughs> we'll try. Is this going to time things for us? Is this going to help us remember to time things? <laughs> so, but also j- these are just the options that are on the front of the stove. So you've got oh my bake, gosh. broil, warm, convection bake, convection roast, air fry, probe, and then there are additional cooking options. Hmm. And it has kitchen's <laughs> pushing buttons on the new oven and so- sounds are happening, music sounds. Happening. Yeah, I can't get into the, se- the settings while the thing is going. But those are just the options on the outside. Then I also have a whole app with options in it too. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of amazing. I didn't need to get an air fryer. I now have an oven that air fries. Don't know what that's like. Haven't tried that yet. Might have to save a few of my chips and try that setting. We are in the future. Totally the fucking future. Yeah. (laughs) Totally fucking future. So our oil's already been preheating. I'm going to check the the temperature on mine to see if we need to adjust. My oven is... Ooh, ooh, no. Should we move into the kitchen? Are we yes, doing this? We should. Yeah, we are doing this. Okay. Do you need, I think you still need to talk us through though what we've already done and where we're picking up. So I've, we've already sliced our potatoes nice and thin. Sorry, I'm, my oil is actually smoking. Oh, I need so to turn I, it up. <laughs> mine might be too hot. It's way too hot. Yep. Oh, it's supposed to be 375, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's way past that. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay, got to turn my heat down. So we we the oils going, going. Mine needs to heat up still. Or we've sliced our potatoes and then we soak them in cold ice water. Uh, sorry, salted ice water, not cold ice water. It should be cold. It's ice water <laughs> <laughs> for a half an hour. And so we're gonna drain them now and get get on to getting these things cooking. So okay, so I'm turning up the heat on my oil. Yeah, I gotta get. I've gotta get some potatoes in mine because it's it's ready. It's ready. That worked fairly well. So our ice water soaking was to try and take some of the starch off the outside of the chips, so that we can get a crispier chip. And both recipes called for that soaking. Right. Both right? both okay. the recipes that we selected. The other one didn't. And the spruce heats one says it's optional. So okay, but we didn't feel like it was optional. <laughs> Can you talk me through the steps for frying then and then for baking? Just high level. Our oven is at 450. We're going to lay all the chips out in a single layer on some baking trays to go in the oven. And then they'll bake for 10 to 12 minutes. Our oil needs to be at 375 degrees. And those should take about three to four minutes. So we're looking at some very, a little bit of varied cooking time here. And- do we do anything to the chips that the potatoes that go in the oven? They just We're go gonna, right. Uh, so we've got some foiled lined sheet pans, even though the recipe did not call for that. Becca and I do not want to have to clean these pans when it's over. So we're going to spray those pans down with a little bit of cooking oil. And we are going to toss the chips themselves with oil and salt and pepper. Oh, okay. What kind of oil are you using? I am going to use... How about the peanut oil that I'm already, I've got more <laughs> peanut oil here that, that I'm not using to fry. So I figure I'll just put peanut oil on it. Okay. Just throw peanut oil at the problem. More peanut oil. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'm blotting these chips a little bit with paper towel just to dry them off a little bit better. Sure. Uh, especially for the ones we're going to just throw into the dryer. Okay. <laughs> that extra water is going to make extra splatter. So <laughs> I'll do the same. So the, I mean, one of the primary differences we're going to have here is the ones in the oven are going to be seasoned prior to cooking, whereas we're going to season the ones that get fried after the baking or after the cooking. Even with the vinegar powder? Yes. Okay. I would be intrigued to do this with where you soaked them in vinegar Ooh. and then fried them. I would be intrigued to see what that worked. Like if you made like vinegar water and just soaked them for a while. Mm-hmm. Should have maybe weighed my potatoes so I know exactly where half is. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm eyeballing half here. <laughs> and how much oil goes on the the ones that'll be baked? Let me double check the recipe. One tablespoon. Okay. Okay. Well, I might try and put a few of these chips in my oil. See how that goes. Have you mixed your potatoes up with the oil and for the oven? No, I haven't yeah. done the oven ones yet. Oh, okay. I'm actually going to just like throw one potato chip in there and see where we're at. Okay. <laughs> and while okay. that's going, I will take my, get my one tablespoon of oil for the oven potatoes. And I guess, yeah, we're going to put our, our vinegar powder on before we put it in the oven, I guess. Just at least I can do that. That's an option. So salt, pepper, vinegar powder. Mm-hmm. Right. And oil. Oil. What salt are you using? Co- kosher salt. <laughs> okay. This is looking good. Let's see what temperature we got at our oil. And I'm using my candy thermometer to check the oil temperature. Okay. Well, somehow I've dropped down to 350, so I go back we, up. <laughs> yeah, it's time to begin the dance of how hot is my oil? Oh, it's too hot. Oh, it's not hot enough. Oh, it's too hot. The trouble of a non-heat regulating frying apparatus. All right, so back over to the oven potatoes. Now that I have to wait for my my oil to heat back up again. Okay, so mixing mixing up the potatoes. I rub that oil on pretty well. Okay, I need to spray my sheet pans now. Okay, and lay them out. Lay them out. Okay. If they don't all fit for me, is it okay to let these sit for a little while like this and then do another oh, yeah. baking? Okay. Yeah, that should be fine. I think it's interesting that one of the points that On Food and Cooking made was that potato chips are pretty much a French fry with where it's just the exterior. <laughs> oh. <laughs> On food and cooking, always with the cleverness. Mm-hmm. So three seventy five for the boil, oil? yeah, for the oil. And what does that look like? Like a big boil? And no, I mean before it's before you put anything in it, it's gonna look like it's doing nothing. I see. That's why using a thermometer is usually the best option, mm-hmm. unless you know the the smoke point of your oil, because I guess as right. soon as you see smoke, then you know it's that hot. Okay. Oh, my test chip turned out good. Okay. Mm, this might be just enough to fill up two sheet pans. Perfect. How are you going over there? Well, my thermometer's being kind of funny, so I'm having a hard time figuring out what temperature I'm at. What, it, what is it doing? Is it telling jokes or just... <laughs> ah, That was funny. It just keeps um blinking out. Well, that's weird. Here we go. Okay. 164 and climbing. We're on the right track now. 
everybody's back in order. All right, good. When I get, I'll get to 375 and then put and them then in add, slowly. Add, add, yeah, add, add a, hand, a few in, yeah. Okay. And then can I kind of stir them around? Yeah, you should be able okay. to just give it a minute to form a bit of a skin because they should pop off the bottom on their own pretty quickly. Do you have all your oven ones laid out? I do. I'm thinking we should put them in and then I'll check the oil temperature again. Okay. And then maybe we can just go. Awesome. Tray number two. So I'm going to put on a 10 minute timer and then I'm checking my oil. Okay. Now I really think it is messing with me because (laughs) it's like stuck at three fit three thirty something. Like it keeps going down instead of up. And I keep turning the temperature up and (laughs) going up. Oh my gosh. I'm like 40 degrees off the point I want to be. And you were like way higher. It was, yeah, because it was smoking before. Oh my gosh. I was going to turn it up full blast. Go for it. May not have even started frying by the time my oven ones are done. I am cheating a little bit because I do have my pizza stone in my oven Mm. that I've got one tray sitting on right now. So I already starting to see some bubbling action in here. Cool. In the oven. Now mine keeps going back and forth between 271 and 249. Hmm. Okay, 275. Oop, nope, 274. What's going on? Learning a valuable lesson in home deep frying. <laughs> patience. Patience or just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got 356. So close. I mean, very exciting. You're right there. Getting close, yeah. I got the burner going full blast. 71.5.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.375.
Okay. Get in there. Flip over. Put a couple of chips in the fryer and uh, it's all happening at once. Oh yeah. No. Needs more time. I'm gonna spin my tray around here. The ones on the bottom are starting to look nice and crispy. What's HH on the candy thermometer? It's an error, I think. Okay. Turn it off and turn it back on again. Okay. It gets to 300 and then it goes to HH. And you're using the candy thermometer I gave you? Uh-huh. I feel like I should just put some in. I'm willing to go with that. I mean, most of the things I was reading said that, you know, like 350 was fine. So I'm going to drop one in, see what happens. What ha- What am I What am I looking for? You see that? Or Okay, like real boiling. Yeah, it'll boil pretty well. I mean, I would think you're hot enough to do that, but... It's not boiling as much as yours is. Okay, then you might need to wait just a fidge longer. Okay, waiting it out. Yeah. Checking my oven ones. Oh, I'm going to flip them. Hey, now we're just oh my going, by, going by feel. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it's tornado time. Here we go. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think my, the one on the bottom of my oven is done. So I'm going to get that one out. Oh, no, mine are sticking. Oh. <laughs> is your fire alarm going on? Yep, probably. Oh, my oh, my God. What's going on? <laughs> oh, no, my potatoes are stuck. These are so stuck. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. All right, so I'm maybe calling shenanigans on one tablespoon of olive oil. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Fire alarm's still going off. My oil. We're, we're working hot. on it. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> my dad's working on it. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Oh, my God. I thought maybe wow. yours were going off, but no. Mine. Not yet. My gosh. This is a, whew, this is a something. I'm not jazzed about the, the results of my oven chips right now. I'm not at all. This is it's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even sure what to do with them. I don't want to put them back in. I guess I could put them back in, but then I'm afraid they'll just keep sticking more. Yeah. I think we're, uh, I think you're going to have to let them sit for a few minutes. Because uh-huh. I think once they cool slightly, they should come up, come up a little bit. And then do you think I should put more? oil down or something yeah okay mine are coming off okay that's good well i burnt that one <laughs> i hear a crunch sounds satisfying though crunch is good flavor is not that one was not cooked enough that was right next to the one cooked cook too much uh-huh perfect yours taste okay the taste is great they're just very soft i might not have chips i might have sliced potatoes slightly toasted <laughs> i throw them in your uh, fryer because I was reading about souffléed potatoes. Souffléed, okay. And they are just a, like a thicker fried chip. And they fry them at a low temperature, like 350 for a while, until they turn brown on the outside. And then they turn the heat up, fry them again. Mm. And they poof, are like a hollow, poofy chip. Ooh. Yeah. So maybe you'll get that if you throw those in the, the fryer. <laughs> okay. Worth the experiment, anyway. Yeah. My oil's like not boiling. What's going on? What temperature do you have it on? I think you like have to... right below high, but there's the flames. So I don't want to. Oh, right, right. Well, okay. So that's fine. So you, you tried another chip then. I haven't put any in the oil yet. Oh, throw one chip in. Okay. Oh, sizzle. Oh, it's yeah, blue. that's Yep. There you go. Okay. I'll put them in. Yay. Go, okay. Finally. Go. Action. Action. Go chips. Go. This is so fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. Might be too hot. They're going fast. Oh god. Oh no. Oh, oh. shit. They're burning. 
Okay, pull them out, pull them out. Oh my God, where's my spare thing? Okay, you guys. Okay, you got to turn your heat down slightly because this is what the oil looks like. What? Oh, my smoke alarm just went off. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we did it. We set up your smoke Chaos. alarm. Chaos. I got to pull these out. Oh, All right, so your uh, oil's too hot. <laughs> oh God, I'm, I'm about to hit it over here too. Okay, wow. Potato chips. I, I might just recommend throwing some chips into the oil because it'll help cool the oil down. <laughs> just let them cook a little slow. Yeah. Okay. It is still so hot. Oh my God. Oh my God. Your oil got so hot. It's hot. so hot. Everything is so hot. It's crazy hot. So I think I should investigate my candy thermometer a little more. Yeah. It's weird though. All right. How's it going over there? I mean, you know. It's still super smoky. Wow. I think I'm done frying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously not going to come over there and make you fry if you don't, if you're like, no, I can't do this, then that's fine. Finish my other ones in the oven or on the stovetop, like on a fry pan or something. I was going to say, if you want to try the oven, the oven again, more, you more know, oil. And just more heavily oil your chips, I would vote for that. Okay, cool. If you were just like, no, I just can't with this. <laughs> well i'm just afraid to set off the alarm again you have to cook like you might set the smoke alarm off every fucking time take the risk oh god yeah the ones that were on the bottom shelf in my oven were, are horrible wow 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 we made a real miss of this one didn't we oh my goodness this was a something next time we do something fried we'll do it when we're in a joint location so, we'll do a test run together. Yeah, I'll have to look into what I actually sent you. Because if you got a shitty knockoff instead of what you're the one I got. Totally. But these are coming up. If you hear foil, I'm just pulling them up. Pulling them off. So they're coming up, but certainly not when I wanted to flip them. <laughs> I mean, have you ever done any deep frying at home before? Not really. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I guess that's... Um, World level 100. Yeah. Our world level for the baked ones is a level two. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But for for deep frying was level three. So totally. How are yours looking? Oh, they're really good. <laughs> I just didn't want to brag because I was like, <laughs> that's fair. I'm glad yours are good though. Like, oh no. <laughs> I've dragged her into another thing where she's going to be like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> I probably will not fry chips again. Yeah, but that's okay. Now I know I won't need to try on my own. This was just because you you suggested it. So I know I, I brought this on this myself. I think chips are really hard at home. I think it's and chips are crisps are a store bought thing for the most part. Yeah, they're so good from the store. Right. Like, why bother? Uh, why bother? They've got machines for this shit now. For the oven ones, maybe you just go go for it on the oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Don't worry about it being like a low oil thing. Mm-hmm. I'll have to try air frying and let you know. Yeah, please. I'm curious about air frying in general. I haven't done it. I've turned it to air fry. I feel like I'm just going to go for it. Okay. <laughs> why not? I've got potatoes here. Yep. Oh my gosh, it's still so smoky. And you, and you turned your oil off, right? Yeah, it's been off for a while. It must have been really fucking hot. No wonder, it, like, right? I'm sorry. You've well, had it's okay. poor guidance from me again. Well, that's not your fault. <laughs> but yeah, that was, whew, 
intense. The window on this oven is really big. <laughs> I'd failed to appreciate that before. <sighs> well, we can't all be rousing success. So nope. I'm glad I only did a couple. Yeah. But the oven ones taste really good. The texture's soft, but they taste really good. I mean, you could just oil them back up and stick them in the oven, see what happens. I mean, you're not going to be any worse off than you already are. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> or I guess not necessarily, but. I'm going to need another beer. I mean, I'm not done with my other one, but like, fuck after all this stuff. <laughs> I need another 7.7 IPA. <laughs> the back door slammed again. Okay. One of the advantages of our, our arrangement here, as far as you cooking and me cooking, is that I can show the professional side. And then it's like, and this is what happens when you actually don't know how this works. Like, yeah seriously but having the being able to like navigate the the pitfalls with being like okay this is how you can fix this uh, exactly or even like that's okay that's fine (laughs) fine all right I have so much respect for home potato chip fryers high high gluttony list of foods that you can make at home but nah (laughs) not worth it (laughs) follow us on Instagram and (laughs) yeah like us on Facebook maybe you throw a review at us Yeah, give us a comment. Give us a review. Get the word out there. Tell a friend or two. Yeah, and thank you for listening. We're growing. We're seeing our gluttoneers all over the world listening. And we're so excited to have you and be a part of our homestead journey here. And um, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Yo, get out of here. I'm done. I'm I'm so done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, off we go. Off we go. Oh my God.